Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Live with Dr. Wendy. It is time for the headlines with a silver lining as we all, as we like to say, substance seasoned with salt. Hashtag summer vacation. What do you think of when you hear those words? Now, if you are, let's say, over 40, you probably grew up in an era where we weren't tied to our cell phones and devices, and we didn't walk through the day beeping and buzzing and FaceTiming with everybody we ever met. We actually, many of us, grew up without any of that. And what we looked forward to in the summertime is ironically what we wish we could do today. Go to the beach, go to barbecues, spend time with friends, meet new friends. It is the kinds of things we took for granted our entire lives. And now we are sorely missing them. But you know who's missing them perhaps even more than us is that genre of person, that age group, if you will, that actually still gets a summer vacation. And yes, I'm talking about our young people, our young people that actually don't have to work 24 seven like the rest of us that do get a couple of days off of the each year's calendar. They are suffering as well. And we remember that how it was, you know, the end of summer back to school, the sales, the backpacks, the clothes, all the different types of things that our parents bought us. Well, nowadays, they are going back to school, but are they really? Is it the kind of school, quote unquote, that we would be contemplating? Now, of course, we always thought, remember earlier on in the pandemic, well, of course, it's going to be live. Um, It's just going to be the summer that's going to be virtual, and then everybody's going to pour back into the classrooms. But Governor Newsom has given us some, at least a heads up, that that's not going to be what school's going to look like this fall. And that is a bummer for a lot of the kids who were looking forward to seeing their friends who don't really want a virtual graduation, who want a real graduation and want to walk in a real hall and give a real commencement speech and all the rest of that. But it seems like online learning is at least here to stay in a lot of respects. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about cancel culture. Tonight, we're going to talk about cancel campus. Uh, Cancel campus is actually something that is contrary to what some of the, the pediatricians are saying. I mean, after all, schools are considered to be fundamental to child and adolescent development and well-being. They are saying that lengthy periods of time away from school and the associated interruption of, and this is important, support services, pro-social solutions, often results in social isolation. Now, what does that do for our young people? That in turn can place kids and adolescents at considerable risk, risk of psychological issues, risk of emotional issues. And in fact, let's couple that with the fact that there's a group of U.S. pediatricians who actually believe that children may be less likely to become infection and spread infection. Now, I know there's two sides to every story, and certainly we want to make sure that we keep everybody safe so that we can collectively get back out into the workforce and get back to our regular lives. And it's true. There is just no way to make schools 
100% safe. Nobody would ever say that. Nobody could ever say that to a medical certainty. But it really is something that we've been going back and forth on for the last couple of months. And the latest news doesn't seem to be very favorable for the kids. So, I mean, where is this going to end? Right, Wendy. Uh, The American Academy of Pediatrics, or AAP, recently issued a report that recommended that students physically attend in-person school versus continuing remote learning activities for all those reasons you just mentioned, for sure. And then, uh, just very recently, this last week, NBC News reached out to five top pediatricians uh, from the entire country. I know one was from Stanford. uh, There were several from the East Coast. And they asked them, well, what do you think? Well, they said children, for whatever reason, unlike the flu, where they're usually the first to get a uh, a lung infection with the COVID-19, they are the last or least likely to get a lung infection. So what they said in this report that was done on MSNBC, they asked these pediatricians, five of them, from selected at random across the country, are you planning to send your children back to school? And every single one of them said, absolutely. I can't wait to get them back in school. And I think it kind of stunned the, the uh, moderator of that uh, news show. He didn't really know what quite to say uh, about that. Well, Larry, you know, the other side of the debate, and I know you've heard the voices are, that are just as loud. Uh, they say, you know what? The sooner we snuff out the virus, the sooner we all go back to work. We don't have to worry about our kids. They get to spend more time with their friends. And to that end, the more that people can take precautions, that means masks, gloves, all the different types of things, sometimes even outdoors, especially if there's no breeze or there's poor circulation, the less people are going to get infected. So what does that mean in terms of, I mean, is that a persuasive counter argument, which would basically be we're going to sacrifice some of our civil liberties now for the greater good to get back out there sooner rather than later. What do you think? Yeah, I think probably the answer would be send them back to school. And uh, they did a a result uh, in, let's see, where was it? Denmark and Finland, where they've, they've been back in school since, I believe, April. And it did not spike the COVID-19 cases at all. There was no change in that. So they had no downside to letting their kids back in. But I would just say yesterday, for those of you who had watched the news conference of Gavin Newsom, he said that of the 58 counties in California, 32 of those are on what he called a watch list. They're worrisome for COVID-19 and they will not, not reopen. Well, that includes San Diego County. That includes Los Angeles County. Those two counties are the largest uh, population-wise of students in the entire state. So those are not going to be opening. Uh, But what was interesting is Orange County voted to reopen for in-person classes. Now, how will this order from Newsom affect that? And there was a reporter that said, well, is this a recommendation or is this something else? He said, this is a mandate. Well, here's what's interesting about that, Larry, that it's called a mandate. First of all, remember that. Remember when the, the governor closed all of our bars and restaurants, at least the indoor uh, the indoor edition, we'll call it. We weren't on that watch list then. Remember, you and I did a show on that. I, and, I certainly do. And note the 
notwithstanding our absence on the watch list, our board of supervisors, we ended up being, yeah, they closed anyway. And that's, that's fine. I mean, you know, that was, that was the assessment that they made. But now that we are on that watch list, people are asking the question that we were all asking back then. Is it a shall or is it a must or is it a may or is it a should? How do people know the difference? Because remember, the, the governor has sent mixed messaging, at least. Uh, at least most of the time he's brought this up. He says he doesn't want to have the law enforcement agencies enforcing these laws, making sure people are wearing masks. Law enforcement agencies across the nation, by the way, are saying, hey, come on, we're not the mask police. We have our own work to do. So the social policing aspect of you and I have seen the footage, it's gone viral. People are very angry. Store owners are saying we shouldn't be the ones enforcing the governor's mandate. How do you enforce it? And like you said, if you have a county as big as Orange County that actually is going back into the classrooms, uh, are we going to just watch what happens there and then hope that things change? Or is there something else we can do? Yeah, I think that um, it's going to be interesting, I would say, to watch and see, you know, which counties uh, go around that order, perhaps, and actually have the in-person classes. And uh, I wanted to do a little commentary on this, if I could. I call it, if you see something, do something. And this is just my thoughts on this. This is not the stations, nor even uh, my my dear uh, co-host, Wendy. But I think, Wendy, what we are actually seeing is the systematic implementation of the fall of our republic and the rise of a global state, or what's been called the new world order. Now, we've heard that from several presidents, right? Every major event is a step in the ladder to achieve that end, whether it's the pandemic, the Marxist-inspired statue teardowns, or the Antifa and Black Lives Matter-instigated riots. COVID is just another rung in the ladder. Now, it's a real virus. I do not dispute that. And it is hurting people. But I think it's an overreaction. And I think they're deliberately mixing all the wordplay, right? I mean, we should stop calling it quarantine. That's a term for people who are verified sick. This is really house arrest mandated by the state. We should stop calling it, in my opinion, social distancing. There's nothing social about forced isolation. And, uh, I just think that we're just in really interesting times. Uh, I think they should stop calling it the new normal. That's just the blatant mind control dribble. It's the new abnormal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. And, and if this virus is so deadly, why is it that it's less than half a percent of people who actually contract it pass away? What do you think about those statistics, Larry? There has been a lot of coverage in the news over the last couple of days about the accuracy of statistics. Where do they get the numbers? Who are they calling? If you have somebody that dies in a motorcycle accident and then happens to also test positive, is that a COVID-related death? I mean, how do we actually determine what those statistics really are? Right. I think that uh, there's been a lot of proof, and you can, if you watch the news sources and search the internet where they, people who've been tested once, they'll come back a a week later and they'll be tested again. And that will be counted as two people. That's just one example are people that may have contracted the virus, but died of pancreatic cancer, for example, will be put down as a COVID-19 death. So, well, I'll give you one. George Floyd tested positive for COVID and we all know that that wasn't what killed him. Exactly. I mean, talk about an example that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. That's perfect. So those are, those are the kind of questions that I think ties right into your commentary is, 
if we are going to mandate the things that we are, at the very least, we understand that. We all want to stay safe and keep each other safe. But it sure would be nice to have really accurate statistics, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think one of the important things, and I'll say this to my Democratic and liberal friends and to my white, black, brown, and Asian friends, and I have friends in all of those groups, by the way. Yes, you do. That it's time to wake up. It, it really is. And I think people are getting really antsy about this. It, first of all, I'm going to give everybody a homework assignment. Now, I've, I don't know if that's ever been done on talk Uh-oh. radio. Well, it is, make, back to, it is going to be back to school. This make month, sure you're so. registered to vote and vote, please. All right. We will see you on the other end of the break. And that's a good, uh, good advice to leave you with. You are listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. We have been talking about that lost art of summer vacationing. Remember that? Remember what we used to do during the summer? I mean, it was volleyball at the beach. It was making lemonade and just all the kinds of things that we did with each other. I suppose that's what's different. Even when beaches are open, they're open one weekend, they close the next. So too with the prognosis about our school system come this fall. Uh, I don't know about your kids, but uh, most kids were very much looking forward to seeing their friends again. Psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, everybody was saying it'll be a good thing for kids to re-socialize themselves, to see each other again, to do the types of things that teens and adolescents and even younger kids are supposed to do. And they were all looking forward to it as well. And parents, weren't we looking forward to having a little bit more time to actually focus on our paying job instead of having so many balls in the air. Well, guess what? We now have kids that are going to be uh, engaged in the kind of virtual learning that they were doing over the summer and at the end of spring. But we have a guest for our second half that is going to give us a little bit of our silver lining, and I'm going to toss it to Larry to to introduce him um, in just a minute. But the, the important thing to think of is really parents have options. Larry, who do we have with us? Right. Our guest today, Wendy, is Alex Newman, and he's an education specialist, and he's going to give us more insight into what's really going on in our public schools. Alex is an award-winning international journalist. journalist. He's an educator, author, and consultant, in addition to serving as president of the media and information consulting firm Liberty Sentinel Media Incorporated. He's been featured on Drudge, Breitbart, Fox News, and many other outlets, and his writing has been published in major newspapers all across America, and he has so many more credentials, but in interest of time, I'm just going to introduce him right now. So welcome to the program, Alex. Hey, well, Wendy, Larry, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Great. And so we wanted to get your opinion, Alex. What, since you're an education expert, what are your thoughts on the fact that schools, colleges, and universities are basically closed to in-person uh, attendance this coming fall. 
Well, you know, I think President Donald Trump hit the nail on the head in his latest speech uh, when he was talking about what was happening in America. He, he actually put the blame right where it belongs. He said the mayhem in our streets is a direct result of the anti-American indoctrination taking place in our school system. And uh, he's right. And, and a growing number of Americans are starting to recognize that. And so I, I recognize that there's kind of a a dread, uh, oh my goodness, we're going to have to sacrifice so much if we homeschool our children. But uh, I think that really is going to be a silver lining. Uh, you know, right now, you don't have to take my word for it. You can look at the government's own numbers. The children are not getting uh, anything remotely resembling an education in the public school system, by and large. Uh, the government's own data proves that the overwhelming majority of our children are not even proficient in reading or writing or math or history or civics or any subject, actually. Uh, what they are proficient in is gender ideology and Marxism and climate change and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the children are significantly better off being at home with their parents if their parents take some action to homeschool. Now, this whole idea of, you know, having government school at home, doing virtual school at home, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, virtual school, there's nothing wrong with doing school at home online, but you know, not just having government school online. In fact, I teach actually at an online K through 12 school, uh, but it's a private school. It's a Christian school. And so the children will get a phenomenal uh, classical education, but they'll be light years ahead of where their government school colleagues are. But I think for, for most children, uh, this is actually going to be a blessing in disguise. Alex, I was just going to ask you about that. Given the fact that we don't have the kind of control that we wish we did when our kids go off to school somewhere, almost no matter where they go. I mean, we've heard stories from all different types of schools of the things that are being taught in parts of the curriculum. Is there a happy medium? In other words, is there a way that because parents are there, if kids are being, let's not say homeschooled because it's remote schooled by a district somewhere, do they at least have an opportunity to intervene, to streamline, to filter, if you will, some of what the kids are learning. Yeah, I think that is going to be happening a lot, Wendy. And that actually happened a lot uh, even before uh, the summer break began. In fact, I've talked to parents out in California who, for the first time, really figured out what their children were learning in public school, and they were horrified. You know, I, I had one mom, she was sent an email by the school district inviting her 13-year-old child to an LGBTQ plus web hangout for youth, and then they define youth as being all the way up into your mid-20s. And this mom obviously was like, hey, you know, my, my 13-year-old child has no business being in an LGBTQ youth hangout with, uh, you know, adult uh, people interested in sexual activities. Uh, this is not for us. And, and, you know, I can't tell you how many parents for the first time ever are looking at what the schools are teaching their children, uh, both in terms of the emails that are coming home and the virtual classes that are happening. And they're saying, wait a minute, you know, this isn't what school was like when I was a kid. And, you know, do, do they really need to learn that? And, and I think millions of parents, in fact, I know the data is already starting to come out now, the polling data, millions of parents are seeing what their children are being taught, and uh, they're deciding that that's not going to fly anymore. Yeah, that's interesting, Alex, because they're, uh, they're talking about defunding the police, and sometimes, just a thought, I see these huge campuses, huge, like the University of California, one of the, they're like cities within themselves, they're so large. Should we defund the colleges and universities if people are going to learn from home, and it's just as good? I mean, just an idea. But it, it, I just wonder it, how this is all going to turn out in the end. And I do, again, worry about the kids not being able to interact with one another. And that's a well, concern. with one another is a huge point, like Larry was saying, because if there are chat rooms where they are hanging out with adults, 
That's the problem. And we worry about that now that everybody's online, Alex, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I look at all these meetup groups that are out there. There is no verifying age. There is, there's not even a, a question. You know, like if you go try to buy alcohol online, it says you have to be 21 to enter the site. Yeah, right. That's regulated. But there's not even that question on some of these sites where there are social, it's, there's social events. Everybody's invited. Uh, come one, come all. There's no policing of it. We worry that that type of thing is happening in our schools, don't we? Yeah, and it, and it is happening. I mean, you know, the federal government did a study a few years back, and they found that 10% of children in public schools were going to be victims of sexual assault or sexual molestation by an employee of the public school district. Uh, these numbers are off the charts. And so, you, you know, I, I understand the socialization aspect of it, and I tell people your child will be much better socialized uh, if you live the life of a typical homeschooler. Homeschoolers are usually involved in co-ops, they're involved in extracurricular activities, they're involved in church activities, or they go on field trips with other homeschoolers and it's really good socialization because these are uh you know this is interaction that parents and adults can supervise there's none of this you know peer pressure and drug use and nobody's trying to convince the children that they need to be sexually active to be cool or that they need to be smoking pot to be cool so you know there's so much going on here and i just recently i took a position as executive director with an organization called public school exit it's one of the many many hats i wear and what we're recommending to parents, and, you know, California is kind of on the front line of this. I mean, you guys, along with Illinois and New Jersey and a couple of other states, you guys are, are light years ahead of the rest of us. But we're all moving in that direction. Uh, the, the public schools are not safe for children anymore from an academic standpoint, from, uh, from a sexual standpoint, from uh, a mental standpoint. I mean, they're putting, you know, one in five of these little boys on hardcore drugs. Uh, there's just there's so much wrong with it. And, you know, if they were at least getting a decent education, maybe we could overlook all that other stuff. But we know they're not. The government brags that they're not when they tell us that something like one third of eighth graders are even proficient in any subject. Uh, this is frankly unacceptable. And I, I think American parents and California parents deserve better. Right. What, what could parents do? I mean, what, they've got the kids home now. If they wanted to protect their kids and we all do want to protect our kids, what should we do? at this opportunity time of... Yeah, I, I think this is a, you know, this is an answer to prayer. I mean, this is a perfect time now. The decision has really made been made for you. Your, your kids are stuck at home now. So now is the time to right. take full plunge and say, you know what, we, we're not going to trade our, our kids' mind, our kids' well-being for a government laptop so they can do school at home. We're going to take charge of our children's education or enroll them in a good private school, a good Christian school, somewhere where they'll get decent values and where they'll get a decent education. I mean, there has never been a better time for parents to take the plunge. It's affordable. Almost anybody can do it. Uh, you know, my wife and I can do it. I can tell you almost anybody can do it. Uh, and it's great fun. Your children will be better educated. They'll be healthier. They'll be happier. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's positive all around. And the tough decision has already been made for you, right? Your kids are already stuck at home. Now just go that extra mile. Well, here's, there's two things, Alex. The first thing is there's lots of parents that have to go, they have to work themselves. They can't really, you know, supervise like they would like to. And then the second thing is I know there are also lots of opportunities for the kids to socialize virtually within some of these great private school programs. Um, we're going to have to leave it there. But Alex, if people want to find out more about you and your work, how can they reach you? Hey, thank you so much for having me again. Uh, you can find all about me at libertycentral.org slash bio. And if you're interested in our organization, Public School Exit, it's publicschoolexit.com. Uh, that's publicschoolexit.com. And you can find all about everything we're doing. You can find resources for anything you might be interested in in terms of your children's education. And thank you guys once again for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Alex.
Thank you, Alex. So there you have it. That is some some really good suggestions for uh, how we're going to envision what school is going to look like in the fall. But let's just leave it with the silver lining of, you know, we have a little bit of summer vacation left. And obviously, I'll put that in quotes, but let's think about how we can at least enjoy the fact that we do get to be with our families. We do get to be with our kids. Um, we do have backyards, some of us, and if we don't, we can at least go outside. Let's enjoy the rest of our summers and Let's all pray for that vaccine that's supposed to be here in the fall. Boy, wouldn't that open all the schools up right away. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. So I hope we're going to leave you with that as a little bit of a silver lining. Um, we, hope to, uh, we hope to have you join us next week. No doubt there will be plenty to talk about between now and then. And we're, as always, going to give you uh, news you can use. And we want to say that our prayers are with you this week. God forbid you or somebody you know has been touched by the virus. Um, we wanna say that you, uh, you're you always in our prayers and we wanna make sure that even though we are almost at the end of the summer vacation, that you please do enjoy almost the rest of it. So thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. You are listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. Have a great time. Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.